Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Brad. How are you, Brad? Good, thanks, mate. Absolutely. Good to good to hear. Um, I haven't had you on this season yet. How have you found uh, the start of the season under Resenia and uh, the business that we've done, I suppose? Well, from a league table perspective, pretty happy. <laughs> um, and results side of things, it's, it's good to actually have a season where we get off on the right start and almost, if you like, take on the first five or six games like we are a top half team rather than, okay, nervously looking at how we're putting a squad together or who we're signing next. Whereas at the moment, I've probably ignored a little bit the transfer market and more looked at what we're doing, which has been pleasing. Yeah, no doubt. And and the pleasing, most pleasing result of all was um, two weekends ago now because of the international break. It was against Leicester where we ran out 1-0 winners. Um, I think I had Logan on the last episode and we were quite confident in this, well, positive in the sense that I think Leicester had sort of flattered to deceive a little bit with their start. <clears throat> they had a series of um, victories by one goal and uh, look, it, it went pretty well for us in the end with uh, not only the win, but also the first clean sheet of the season as well. Um, how did you find this one? Well, like you said, the, the, the clean sheet, I mean, three points is great, don't get me wrong, but the, the clean sheet against Leicester was probably the more surprising, if you like. If ever we were going anywhere this year and going to concede, I would have thought it was there. Um, but probably the most pleasing thing is that, you know, obviously Rossini's had his chance to really look at how he wants to play and put this team together. And probably the thing that I loved the most about it was, as boring as it sounds, was just the discipline with, with, with what we played with. We actually set up really well. We'd done our homework and we actually made for decent passages of the game. We made Leicester look like that they've never been in the prep. Yeah, I, I found that quite interesting actually watching, um, particularly in the first half. I think in the second half we sat back a little bit more, but it seemed as if they were trying to press us with almost, the, I think they almost play with the front four. They play like a 4 2 4 at times. Um, with their formation, but it seemed quite easy for our players to actually pass the ball through the press. I know there was a few times where Greaves and Jones were able to play balls all, almost all the way through to a, um, I mean, I suppose it was a Seri, but, you know, Seri then able to play it onto a lap quite easily. Um, it, it does come across as a team that's still learning or, or gelling under their new manager. Look, it does, and, and you could see at times that we almost had what I sort of like to call a bit of double coverage in defence. You know, the midfield was was trying its hardest to keep to whatever system, you know, the manager had put in place for the game. But there was times that we weren't defending in just ones or twos. We were defending in twos and threes, which looked like we were a little bit probably burnt out in the second half more than anything. We, we probably relied on too few legs-wise. To, to cover a lot of ground. Um, but look, pleasing the fact that everyone looked like they were happy to be there and really ready to put in a shift. Yeah, and, and I guess the concern for me as always, I think it was Jones in the first minute or two and then Coyle not too long after picking up yellow cards. You sort of felt, felt you know, picking up yellows that early in the piece either spells trouble for a red card or it means that they're going to have to be quite conservative um, to avoid the second yellow and that would actually open things up for Leicester but they were both incredibly disciplined, um, you used that word earlier, 
and, and they're defending um, in the way that they marshaled Leicester so effectively. And, and I think Leicester only had one shot on target for the whole game. So it was a really well-rounded defensive display. Look, it was, and, and really good as far as, let's say, like our back six really didn't look like they were going to give much away. In fact, I mean, when we talk about one shot on target, I think there was only really one of note in the first half where Leicester looked like they made their way into the box reasonably comfortably. That was it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, we can't go the entire discussion without actually talking about the goal. Um, <laughs> the lad, you know, t- two, two goals in his first five appearances for us. I think he had a pretty difficult spell last season with Stoke and Preston, but you couple that with his assist against Bristol City as well, and he's he's really taken to life as a Tiger to start the season. Look, look he has, and I think probably the good thing about the goal is it didn't sort of – the goal itself might have come across as a surprise, but technically the finish was good, the build-up was great, and, and it wasn't like we weren't looking like we were going to score. You know, I, I know yeah. there was a couple of, let's call them, more flimsy shots in the first – five, ten minutes from one from Connolly and so on when he was probably working his backside off and just had no power in his legs to actually get the shot away. But we didn't look like we were out of place. In fact, for that first 20 to 25 minutes, we looked more likely than they did. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, and so I it think it's just good reward to get the finish. That was the key. When past games, we've done that and haven't finished. Yeah, and, and I think seeing the lap put out on the right-hand side, you know, you often hear people complain or criticise managers for not having a plan B or not for tweaking tactics depending on the opposition you're coming up against. But I think seeing Delap go out wide, seeing Vinagre come in at left back and, and switching Greaves back centrally, I think Rosinha got his tactics spot on and 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 obviously was well rewarded for it with um, Delap getting that goal. Look, definitely, mate. And I think, like you mentioned before, about just even Greaves moving back in, um, I would normally think, oh... You know, Greaves did have some great games on that left-hand side last year and created for us and so on. But it, having those two more defensive midfielders sitting in front of him, it was just a wall. They were never going to yeah. get through it. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, clearly what the game plan was. Yeah, no doubt. No, we very effectively quelled Leicester in that sense. Um, look, I'll run through my three votes for this game and then I'll grab yours before we move on. So I couldn't go past a lap for the three votes, I thought. Terrific display from him. Obviously capped off with that goal. Seri for the two votes. Um, got the assist for Delap. We'll talk a bit more about Seri a bit later when we look back on his time overall as a City player. Uh, and then Jones sort of touched on before, but, you know, despite the yellow card, putting in a really outstanding display at, at the centre-half. Yeah, look, I, I think you've got to give it to Delap, and not just because of the goal, but like I was saying a moment ago, you... There was times in that first 15 minutes where he was clearing the ball away from our own box. Um, not deep in our own box, not not in the six-yard box, but around the 18-yard box. He was he was motoring everywhere in that first half. Um, and not only to score but and play an attacking role, but he, he defensively really bucked in. And with, with Siri and Slater getting back, there was times there where Greaves would have thought, how easy is this? I've got these three guys running around in front of me. Yeah. Um, and so definitely the three for me. I probably, yeah, I, I think you could toss up for the two between Siri and, and Jones. I, I agree with your um, sentiments there. I thought Jones put in a hell of a shift, just didn't look totally unfazed by anything. Um, and you know what it's like when you've got 
Premier League strikers running around. In the back of their mind, they'd be thinking about him all the time and what may need to happen. And, of course, they had a little bit of pace at times, but we didn't look out of whack. Um, but I'm actually going to give one to Connolly, and I know he didn't score and he probably, by his own admission, would say that he didn't have the greatest game. But there was times where he was backing into two or three constantly and held the ball up pretty well. And I think in the second half when we were playing very deep, um, he, he put in a hell of a shift before he came off. So I'm just giving him a token one. Fair enough. Um, look, we were going to talk deadline day signings, but I'm, I'm conscious we're, we're a little bit short of time this week, so it will be a shorter episode. What we'll do is we'll touch on those players as they come up in the preview of the Coventry game. Um, but we'll jump on now to um, player of the week, which is Jean-Michel Serri. 42 appearances for us in the league um, after signing on a free transfer from Fulham last summer. Scored his one and only goal on his um, on his debut, which is a bit funny um, to think of. Um, <clears throat> hasn't managed to get on the score sheet since, but he, he does have four assists um, as well, uh, which actually surprises me. I thought he might have a couple more than that, given his um, displays and obviously got the assist on the weekend for the lap. Um, this, to me, was sort of the signing that signalled Ajun's intent last summer when you sort of looked at a number of the names we were linked with and you sort of thought, yeah, you know, nice to be linked with, but probably not going to sign for City. To have Seri actually sign for us and and uh, show the rest of the league how serious Ajun was in turning the club around, it's almost like his worth goes beyond what he does on the pitch. And, and look, he does plenty on the pitch as well. But I think he's almost like... The the face. I mean, two fan you could say as well, but I think Seri is probably one of those players you'd say is the face of the Azure Revolution. Yeah, look, I think so. And, and probably the thing that I probably didn't really quite understand until I watched the game again um, against Leicester is uh, he's got such good head on his shoulders about where to be, and it's. I know he'll say, you know, or someone will say he's a holding midfielder, so he should, but. There was times where he just looked like he was moving around pretty effortlessly, but his positioning was just faultless. Um, and when you've got a bit of that quality on the ball from a technical perspective, but upstairs in the brain department, he is fantastic. And you'd love to be, especially if we do end up playing with sort of those two holding midfielders with Slater, the both of them really complement each other really well. And I think in a way that, the two central defenders would say, with him in front of us, he makes it 10 times easier for us. He just seems to have so much time. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, look, I think he's 31 now. I think there's one year on his deal left after this season. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him next season, whether we look to, I suppose, whether we look to phase him out or, you know, if he's still showing this sort of form, why he couldn't extend his contract and actually play on a bit further. And we'll talk about, you know, Morden signing from Liverpool in a second and as a sort of player who potentially comes in as a, I guess, maybe not a replacement, but as an understudy to Seri. Um, but, yeah, look, it will be interesting to see how what Seri's future is over the next, I suppose, 18 months in the side. Um, but we'll talk about that Coventry game now, um, who we play this Saturday morning, our time Friday night over in the UK. I, I don't think it's televised in the sense that it's not on Sky, so I think it means we're watching this through Tigers Plus rather than through in sports, which is the provider down here, uh, which actually might be better for some people given that BN's no longer on um, Foxtel. Um, <clears throat> obviously took the four points off them last season with the 3-2 win where Oscar got his hat-trick and uh, a 1-1 draw as well. Um, interestingly, I suppose in terms of players, they have signed Hadji Wright, who was a target for us last season. So 
I think it's almost written in the stars that he'll score a goal against us uh, as these <laughs> things tend to go. Um, but I guess on our side, we've got a few exciting signings who could potentially come into the team as well in uh, Jaden Villagene, who signed on deadline day, Tyler Morton, as discussed as the sort of central midfielder from Liverpool who might... Um, Look, I mean, we didn't touch on him in the review of the, the Leicester game, but I think Adama Traore is probably having a tough start to the season for us and whether he drops out of the side so that Twine could go more central and Villagene play on the wing or whether, uh, you know, Slater gets pushed into that role and uh, Morton comes in at central midfield, I- I'm not too sure. But I guess how do you see the uh, the lineups for this one? Yeah, look, it's an interesting one because, you know, you've just put in a good shift and, and line-up or tactically we were brilliant, you know, the, the, the prep that went into that game. Obviously, the, the manager's job with his staff is obviously lining up against the opposition we've got. The, the thing that I find interesting this week is, you know, Coventry have been pretty hit and miss, but they're a team really that, with all due respect, we should be able to beat if we're going to be that top half team. And the one thing that I noticed is that before the weekend, they've sort of only really... Oh, I think Middlesbrough, they, they gave Middlesbrough a bit of a, a flogging, but they've sort of only been sort of thereabouts against everyone. Um, Everyone's gave Middlesbrough scored. a flogging this season. Well, I mean, it's good to see, isn't it, really? But yeah, um, yeah. primarily it's more the fact that, uh, you know, multiple goals is what's going to win games. And obviously, yep, sure, we've just won 1-0, and that's easy to say against Leicester that, it's a great result, but I just want to see us actually try and open them up a bit. I think Coventry yep. are really vulnerable defensively, and that's shown in the games that they've played, not just because of the Watford game last uh, last time round, but more so the fact that nearly every game they've been involved with, they've looked shaky. Um, I haven't seen all of them, but I have watched a couple of them now, especially you go back and look at the Swansea game. It was a one-all draw, but statistically... statistically um, they were never really in it. They, they probably would say they were, but I, I just think most of the time when you're looking through these results, a one-old draw just looks like, you know, a boring old one-old draw. But I don't think yeah. Coventry have actually got much of a defensive mindset to their game plan at all, and I think they're going to try and find a way just to say, well, we'll have more shots than you and we'll, we'll win. But against us, we've probably got one of the best, if not, back three or fours, back sixes in the comp. I really believe the way we lined up against Leicester, it was no fluke that we made them look second-rate attackingly. And it's wild and, to think um, that the majority of that was our back four or five in the in League One. Yeah, look, I think it's. I think maybe it could be the benefit of an off-season, and I don't really know from a back-office perspective whether they decided to to look more closely at it. But even the way we lined up in the Leicester game, I was still a little bit surprised, like you said, Greaves tucking in and all these sorts of things, but it just worked. Everything yeah. about the whole way we put together, I don't know whether it's because we had the amber shorts on or what it was, <laughs> but we just looked like we were really defending as, as almost like a six. Um, and it was really good to watch because if we can do that against the good teams, we've got the firepower to open these non lester type teams up. And that's really how we're probably going to get into the playoffs or if not get closer to the holy grail is that we've got to be able to grind results out and get people on the counter. Yeah. And look, as a game at home as well, I think I saw on the 3rd of September we tweeted out that we'd already sold 19,000 tickets. So no doubt that's closer to 21, 22,000 by this stage. Um, 
you really want to be turning the, the MKM Stadium into a fortress and a, and a cauldron of noise for the team. Um, I don't know if two fans actually fit for this one. Obviously dropped out of that game against Leicester, um, has, you know, scored four goals in, in as many games <clears throat> already this season. So he's he's probably one that you could argue comes back into the team, perhaps for Connolly to, to sort of take, take him back to being that impact player off the bench. Um, look at this comment from Cameron in the chat. We've been generally defensively solid under Rosie. The only times we can see it is when there's miscommunication with the pass back. We just need the forwards to unlock opposing defences. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Like you, you sort of look at it, it's, it's really just moments in games where the defence has a bit of a lapse and it's, you know, by comparison, we're getting, I think I saw some stat that we've actually got the highest percentage of on-target shots, um, of total okay. shots in the league, which is, I mean, it's it's a good thing in a sense, but it also, I suppose, means, well, maybe we should be scoring a couple more goals as well. So, um, look, I think I think you're right. I think Coventry at home is a game that if we really want to have the league take, stand up and take notice of us, uh, we need to be sort of putting away for the three points. They've only got the one win for the season so far, one win and three draws to start the season. So a bit of a shaky start to the season for them. Um, I think personally, I'd, I'd probably, I would shift Traore out Twine central because I think he's better from a central position and maybe give Philogene a start. I know there was some issues with Philogene's registrations, but I think that's all been resolved now. Um, so I'd love to see him give, given a crack from the start. And look, if not, maybe it's a Lakilo or a um, Connolly plays that wider role for us. But I think that would be just about my only change unless, as said, unless two fans fit and maybe he comes in as well. But um, yeah, I think that that's how I'd say it. Um, What's your, your what's your sense for a score prediction for this one? Um, look, uh, I, I think we'll probably beat them 2-1. I think we've got the firepower to score a couple. Like I said, I don't think – forget the Watford game. Coventry probably – I don't know where they actually sit on the table for goals against, but I do believe their biggest weakness is their defence. Um, and one of our strengths last week was obviously our defence. So I think we could probably – maybe concede one only because we're we're scoring some down the other end. So I think two ones probably where where I would sit, mate. Yeah, Joe's saying XG wasn't good last game, needs some quality chances. I think that's right. I think game state comes into it a little bit last game where once we took that lead, we were very much intent on just holding on to that lead and seeing the game out. So probably went back into our shells a little bit. But I think at home hopefully we'll um go for the jugular a bit more. I'll I'll probably join you in uh backing a two one win. I think you know, the way we seem to be this season, we'll probably concede one at some stage, but hopefully can go one better than them on the score sheet. Um, but look, I think that that about rounds it up. I know we had a um, bit shorter time this week. I don't know if you had any closing thoughts, Brad? No, look, I think probably the pleasing thing about the Leicester game, just to go back on it, was that we we know that we've got... Look, we, we know the spine of our squad is as good as anyone's. It's, it's the edges of that spine that we have to chop and change according to injuries or, or makeshift. The thing that probably pleased me the most, and I know I saw on here that Cameron had mentioned that we're generally defensive under Rosie or, or solid, sorry, not defensive, but we're, we look solid, is that I think there was times last year where solid was sort of when we played the same back four or the same centre-halves or, or, you know, we had to have some sort of similarity there each week to, to show that. And then there was weeks where we made one change somewhere due to injury in that back four or back six and we looked a different team. Whereas I love the fact that the way we lined up against Leicester showed real intent of what 
this squad can do and they back them in. And I think that's probably going to be the key. We didn't really play last year with top half confidence, whereas the Leicester game may just give us, even if it's 5%, it may start letting the players believe that we are genuinely, if not even top half, probably a top 10 squad. And with the right little sprinkle of investment that we've seen so far, we've now got those edges sorted or we'll work better with them over the rest of the season. So I'm pretty happy. I'm still saying don't be too optimistic yet because it's a long season. But I do like the fact that we haven't hit our straps. We haven't got a squad that is really gelling because it's got, you know, those new newer players in it. But we've got a hell of a squad. Absolutely. It's it's exciting times under Rosie and, and you just sort of think if if and when this all starts to click and we start to, you know, put it all together, you're getting the clean sheets and the goals up the other end. That makes us um, a pretty formidable force in the league. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting this week. We've got Leeds midweek next week, Thursday morning. So we'll be back to cover um, the preview that to that game um, this time next week um, and review the Coventry game, of course, as well. Um, but until next time, look, thanks for joining me for this one, Brad. Thanks for having me, mate. No worries. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Yeah, it was a shorter episode this week, but we'll be back um, next week to, to go into detail on, on those games. So until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back cause you're